Welcome to another edition of What's New in Wagyu. Again, you have Stephen and Lane here. And today we're going to do things a little bit different than what we usually do. Uh, we've had quite a few viewer requests and we decided to take some of the ones that were recent and had kind of had some interesting things with them and and answer them today. Um, today is the week of Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving's on Thursday this week. So it is on Thursday. Lane's favorite holiday. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you thankful for, Steve? A fishing trip at the end of the week. That is what I'm thankful for. You know what I'm thankful for? What's that? We did our last elk of the season today. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, right? We'll get into yeah. that later on. Yeah. So I'm going to have Lane start off with the first question of the day, and then we're just going to ask each other questions from the forum. So we get this question a lot. And uh, the question is to Steve, what do you do other than cows? So that's the hardest thing people don't realize. Um, I do a ton of things. Uh, currently, I'm managing three, four businesses. Um, and we're not talking small businesses. We're talking businesses that have quite a high net profit and turnover and take quite a bit of management. Um, I have some contracting that's out with the federal government, so we take care of some stuff for them. Um, mainly because of the time I spent in the military, I have some very specific and very hard to find skills. So I still contract back with both the US Marshal's Office and the FBI from time to time. Uh, we do that because it's it's hard to find the skills that, that I've obtained during some time in Iraq and Afghanistan. So I'm still doing that um, on top of helping Lane pretty much do most of the books for Lane at the butcher shop and, and that fun stuff. Lane takes care of the day-to-day -day operations and I take care of the behind-the-scenes magic, I guess. Um, payroll. You call, you call that magic? Yeah, yeah, because sometimes his employees don't always fill out their time cards appropriately. So it, 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 there, there is definitely, uh, I've got my plate full all the time. Um, Lane's lucky to see me a couple times a week. Uh, I don't usually try to go to the shop if I don't have to, unless I'm just stopping in to check on him uh, and seeing if he needs, like, a breakfast sandwich or something from the store he kind of keeps my blood sugars in line from time to time I really appreciate that and and that's the big thing um my actual time getting to deal with the cows and all that stuff is fairly small um hell for for years now i have had uh an administrative assistant that handles most of our text message my text messaging i'll, I'll be honest lane like how often is it do I actually receive and send messages myself? Not very often. It's, it's super rare. So when people are like, oh, I text Steven and talk to him, not so much. Uh, that happens very rarely. Like, I don't like texting, so I call people. That's usually what happens. <laughs> um, and, and we've always used a transference phone um, since the day I started managing extra businesses. We have one, I have one phone number that's given out and depending on if it's a number that's been saved or recoursed or set aside, um, it pretty much gets handled by the administrative assistant. Yeah, there's uh, some people that 
some phone calls he answers um, most phone calls he don't see he doesn't see um, and I mean that's just his life if people try to get hold of him through me which they do from time to time yeah um, I ask them when their availabilities are and I'll talk to Steve and we carve out time on his schedule he's a very busy individual and uh, and speaking time FaceTime my day is, is scheduled from uh, I get up and we start work I start work every single day at five o'clock and, and like days we do podcasts like today We've got equipment that I can do it sometimes not even in the same state or area that Lane's in. Like, like people assume that I'm always home or I, I have the availability to do a lot of things. I really don't. Um, I'm very busy almost all of the time. And I'll tell you another thing I don't do well is Facebook ever. Uh, due to some things I do for, for the federal government, that is the fastest way to track a person and to know what they're doing. So I love it when people let me know that I'm on Facebook because the reality of that is um, it's pretty small. Like I use it probably a touch more than Lane just so that he, we can get people access and things like that to, to our account to do marketing. And also that is age and gender. Or right. not gender, generation, right? Right, right. Lane's old. He doesn't do the Facebook. I'm too damn busy, and I know the, the reality of it, so I love it when, when shit gets sideways. Um, I'll tell you right now, there's very few people that get to call and text me on a regular basis. That's not family members or, or business consultants that, that, that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. Like, I do not talk to most people. Um, uh, we, rely, we rely on, right or wrong, I rely on technology and I rely on people we hire to do those things for me. And you've got to admit, Sandy is the best at what she does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she doesn't get everything right. Right. Like, like she's a damn accountant. Like, like I, that's the thing. She, she is an accountant by trade. She's, a, she's probably one of the best accountants I've been by in, in most of my life. And she, she's not always good at the stuff like, like cows. Like she just sends people what they request. And if you're not clear, you're going to, you may get something that you don't understand. And it's not, it's not, it's your fault usually because she's a pretty like point blank person when it comes to giving out information. Like it's, it's pretty much data in, data out. An um, accountant, right? Yeah. An accountant, right? Yeah. And, and from time to time we've had some piss poor employees that have caused us some issues, but that's that's what it is, right? Like we pay people to do things. I can't expect my administrative assistant to only take care of my stuff. Like there's a point there where she has too much on her plate, and we have to go outside to hire for other things. It's really the reality of it. And my life isn't going to get any easier with with some of the family things and dynamics we have going on right now, uh, because I'm the only one that's available in my family to to manage the family businesses. That's the reality of it. Um, I've been groomed to do this my whole life, and that's what I've been transitioning and doing. And um, the cows are kind of sometimes an afterthought, right? I'm calling people. I make sure that things are going okay. But I'm not always 
here with them as much as I'd like to be. Cows are what you choose to do. Right, yeah. They're, they're kind of your break away from all the other serious stuff that you do. Right. The thing you enjoy. Yeah, and, and for me, they're my, my time away from people. Uh, what I do for work and what I do on contract, um, it's very people-intensive, and I've spent a long time doing it, and it's not always seeing the nicest things in the world, but it's definitely a, a benefit to have someone that's done it long enough and is trained to do it. Hell, I've been doing the same job since I was 19, 20 years old in the military, right? I've almost got 20 solid years of, of doing this. Um, I'll be 36 in April, so let's just say 18 years, pretty much, give or take, of, of, of handling problems that aren't fun. And um, it, it, is, it is what it is. It's a skill that I have. I fix a lot of businesses, like... Um, People call when, when, they've, when they've ran into some issues with their business, and I'm usually brought in to consult and bring them back to a corrective way of action. Uh, and it's not usually small businesses. It's usually pretty complex nonsense. Um, education and, and life experience brings people to do things like that, right? Uh, Lane, Lane's had to take, Lane takes care of a lot of stuff while I'm gone. Like, like Lane takes care of the cows if I need him to. He takes care of my wife and kids if I need him to. If I need him to go grab something from the store because I forgot it and I don't have time to grab it so I'm not in trouble at home. Like, like you know, Lane, Lane does a lot of stuff that nobody realizes and he runs the butcher shop and has to babysit the crew down there. And that's how I've built a lot of my businesses. Like, people don't realize that. Uh, most of my businesses, I manage hands-on for about a year, year and a half, maybe two years. Right. That's, that's, that was about right. That's yeah. when I stepped away from the butcher shop. Once things are moving smoothly, then I, then I rely on people that I've, I've found or, or brought in to manage the business because that's the day-to-day -day stuff gives me the opportunity to go and take the next step in whatever I'm doing. And it's really a good thing for me that, that Steve's around because he's seen a lot of uh, things in the world that I've, really been sheltered from oh yeah and uh and believe it or not there's people who willingly actively try to take advantage of you <laughs> well and of lane all the time it seems like sometimes like he he's one of those nice guys that they see coming a long ways out and so uh i sometimes i mourn the day that when I came to realize that, hey, just because I try to do what I say and perform the way I say and do what I say, that everybody else is the same way. And it was a sad, sad day for me when it finally dawned on me, well, no, Lane, you're the exception and oh, not yeah. the rule. Well, and again, you're talking about a generational shift too, right? When you were a kid, um, it was more important and easier, more readily available to do the right thing, I think, sometimes. And, and that's the reality of it. Like, like Lane, the only thing Lane gets himself in trouble with is trying to help too much sometimes. And, and I told him this the other day, I go, there's the reason there's the saying the road to, the, to hell is paved with good intentions because 
every time he seems to try to do that good intention extra mile thing, it seems to bite him, it feels like. From time to time, well, almost every time to time. Yeah, you know, and and, it, and it's not bad. Like, it's a good it's a good characteristic to have. It's just you have to be able to read the people you're dealing with. Yes, people that will appreciate it instead of... What father-in-law used to say is people with a handful of gimme and then they have an armful of reach. Right, right. And, and that goes with everything, right? Like, life is just kind of hard sometimes for a lot of people and and i found that you get a lot of complaints and, and lane gets complaints and they're always they're always from people who have something else going on right something else has triggered the complaint yeah right they ran out of money and they don't have enough money to process they ran you know they they see somebody else doing better than them and and that's the problem right most people that that take it try to take advantage of lane um, tend to already be kind of miserable people anyway. And, and it is what it is. I tell people that all the time. They, that, that's them. And, and here's the thing I tell Lane all the time. Just be nice, right? Like, they can yell at you. They can cry and complain. And at the end of the day, just be nice. Like, that's all you have to do. And everything works out. And the problem with a lot of people is, is they want to not be nice, and they want to throw mud, and they want to bitch and complain, yet they have no grounds to stand on most of the time all the time once you start complaining you've now lost any credibility in in 90 of people's eyes but here's the problem with that um as most people well know appearance uh apparent appearance is important too and the interesting thing to me is is no matter what you're never going to make everyone happy. You're never going to make sure everybody's content and, and happy with what's going on. Um, and the other thing that, that I tell Lane all the time is no matter what happens, because we are the owners of the business, we are at fault at the end of the day. Your guy messes something, one of Lane's guys messes something up, Lane gets upset about it, but at the end of the day, what do I always tell you, Lane? training issue or you didn't have him in the right position or he was doing things he shouldn't be doing because you allowed it or or they're just dumb that's the other one there are there is that one but at the end of the day uh it's mine and lane's responsibility to make everything right yeah uh it's also mine and lane's responsibility to deal with uh any any weird stuff right like like it's not uncommon for us to hire out marketing Hire up things like that, and if stuff doesn't go quite like we want it to, or there, there's a, a a complaint or an issue, at the end of the day, we we made the hiring decision. We allowed them to do it. Um, my problem is, is a lot of the times we don't even know there's an issue until it's a bonfire. Yeah. Um. So sometimes we have dumpster fires, like I tell Lane, and it it is what it is. They they're contained. They're gonna go out. But you just have to make it through it. Uh, hopefully it's not full of cardboard and grease, because if not, it burns for a while. But if not, here's the other option. It's all, there's always a, a silver lining to anything, right? Um, but me and Lane know it's our responsibility at the end of the day. We're the ones responsible at the end of the day for the businesses, for the names, for, for the reputation of the businesses. And, and when we fail to do it, we have to deal with consequences. It is what it is. Um, 
we don't just blow it off just because I don't respond to something or I don't, or I don't let Lane respond to something <laughs> um, doesn't mean that we don't understand the problem and are correcting it. We just don't like to air our laundry out for the world to see. And I refuse to do it because of what I do for work. Um, it's just ridiculous. Uh, there's, there are plenty of lawyers in this country that come to me for advice on, on issues like this because of the way a we've handled it and the connections I have to help smooth the situation if we have to. And, and I tell people this a lot. I'm the last person in the world you want to throw a match in my dumpster. And, and Lane has seen the outcomes of sometimes when people throw matches in my dumpster and they're not always nice and they're not always convenient, but I have lived my life in a way where I have a lot of friends and I have a lot of friends that do really cool things for work that are willing to help me put the fire out, put the fire out, whatever, whatever that means, Yeah. whether it, it's nice or not, they're there to help me because of the long-term integrity and the work and, and everything I've done my whole life to make sure that we're always on the correct path. And that's, and going back, you know, it's kind of sounding a little dark right now. And it, and it really isn't because 98% of all your problems will go away if you treat people nicely. Correct. Just treat them nicely. Treat them how you would like to be treated. It's, it's right back to the golden rule, right? Right. Jesus had it right from the yeah, beginning. From the beginning. And they can be yelling and screaming and call you every name in the book. Which they do. And they do, and be so upset over a very insignificant thing because we don't know what they just happened to them. Had they lost their job? Did they just lose their dad? Did uh, their their wife kick them out of the house because they were being <laughs> grumpy? Yeah, you know, whatever it is, or, or money if, or money problems, or right? Mon money problems, probably more than anything, right? Right, right. Ninety percent of problems. But if problems. you look at them and you let them and you're polite and you don't lose your cool and say well let's see what we can do here to, to work things out what is it you're yeah really mad about well well and here's and here's a, a prime example of this so Lane has a lady who brokers some beef for him from time to time and they have to beef between one of her clients and one of our most I, Lane, I don't know how to describe him. Eccentric. Do it my way exactly. Do it my way or exactly or... It's wrong. Or you're going to be speaking <laughs> to my associates in yeah. the... In the and he's a Russian dude and he In is, the Russian mafia, yeah, right? Yeah, and, I mean, and, and he is hard. He's probably one of the worst people we do business with when it comes to... He wants things done his way, and he doesn't care that it's your shop. And the interesting thing about this situation is, is it wasn't him that was complaining about the beef. It was the other guy. <laughs> it was the other guy. <laughs> and, and, and here's the reality of how we do business, right? I'm probably one of the few people, not only in the Wagyu industry, but in, in the meat industry that have always believed that we do things right. 
I give people extra embryos from time to time when they don't get their, th- you know, the one calf and three embryos. I, I do a lot of stuff like that. But at the butcher shop, it's like I told Lane, uh, we had some issues early on with him. He was kind of a cranky dude to start with a little bit. And I told Lane, we made a mistake by even giving him the half. We should have just said, hey, we'll sell it to somebody else. It's cool. Yeah. But, but we gave it to him. And now yeah. Lane gets to deal with him. And we're just going to refund him, right? We're just going to give him his money back. It's not a big deal. Um, and we're going to refund him and get it, get the meat back and, and go through it. But Lane now has to deal with him again because for some reason, he is the most unhappy person with the product that you'll ever have. Yet the other half that was cut the same day by the same people with the same aging absolutely loves his product. And he is, when I say that one of the, one of the hardest clients we have, I, I'm serious. Yeah, so I don't know what... The deal was, is with the guy, he told me about two or three other places before that he wasn't happy with because of this, that, or the other. And, uh, and then he came and when the beef was smaller than he thought it should be, it just started him worrying and being paranoid that we we're trying to do a bait and switch, whatever, whatever the case may be. But you know see so he said send him back and steve's right if we would have 2020 is always easy right easy right armchair quarterbacking is the funnest game in the world because it's easy and if you know we would have just said hey you know you don't want a smaller beef you don't have to take it we got somewhere else to go well and it's we have we had bigger ones coming yeah right yeah like, like he he assumed it was going to be a certain size and it wasn't which was a little bit of the person that the broker's fault that he bought it from but at the end of the day it's like i told lane just have him bring him back and give him his money yeah he and can go somewhere else and spend his money exactly because it's not a big deal it's not a big deal and at this time of year to tell you the truth it's actually a good thing for us I can't sell that beef to anyone else to because anyone he took it home. Because I lost, I lost possession of Ch- it. Chain of custody has to be maintained. But there's no nothing to say that I can't go in my community. Well, and, and we, find out who the widows are or some of the widows yep. we know, and we can go and give them a really nice Christmas Thanksgiving present of a box of beef. And here's the deal: we we even tell them, hey. You know, we sent this out, it came back. They, they don't, I'll tell you right now, it's going to be a great product for whoever gets it. Yeah. And, and I, I just don't, I don't understand sometimes people's anger, right? I tell Lane this all the time, and there's a lot of things I don't understand because of how I was raised and what I've done for work my whole life. There's just things I don't understand. And one of those things are, is just the anger people get over little weird things. Well, it's probably a good thing you don't get angry at little wow. weird things. You'd shoot a lot of people. <laughs> oh, man. Man, it was like, so, and that's the problem, right? It's the little weird things that are worrisome to a lot of people. And in the big scheme of things, how do you live your life like that, Lane? How do people live their life like that? Because I couldn't imagine the stress and animosity and and the rage that they have for them to treat someone they don't know at all or claim that they know that don't that way. It's just people, we've talked about it time and time again, people's life experience is also different and right. 
and some people you would think you know have it made and then because they're from wealthy families or they've never had to struggle with anything things have always kind of come easy to them and stuff and then you step back and look at what they're dealing with and what they've got to keep in the air all the time oh man it's like no let me go back to my problems and learn to deal with them correctly well and here's the deal i do a lot of stuff right like i told you i'm a busy pretty busy all the time but i i always have the same amount of balls i know how to juggle in the air every once in a while i'll step across and take a new project on that we might not should have but it it works itself out because i usually try to transition stuff and as as I become a little older, I'm having more and more responsibilities within um, the current Republican Party that have been more time consuming than some of the things I've been doing in the past. But we have been a mainstay in the party in Idaho for so long that with my grandfather and my uncle being sick, my grandfather being dead, um, and my dad's retired, uh, he's decided to step kind of away from the public eye. Uh, after being chief of prisons for ever and a day, uh, it's kind of been left to me to to take on some of these extra responsibilities, and it's hard. I'll be the first to tell you, it's hard. There's days I don't see my family because I leave before they get up, and I'm home before they go to bed. After they go to bed. Now sometimes you you know one one of those balls may just about be ready to hit the floor, and then he'll. Uh, Lane, grab that. I well, dive in and help save the day. But well, yeah, but it's, it's the little things, though. It's the little things that sometimes you just can't get done in a day, and and it's the important stuff. Uh, I tell people, I go, I can take care of the work stuff. It's the important stuff at home that sometimes gets dropped, and and without having Lane, there's no way I could get everything done. There's no way. I'd have a very angry wife all the time, and and that's that's the reality of it. Um, that's the reality of my life. And I don't think it's going to get any easier. I think that as I get older and things transition a little more, uh, with some stuff we have going on with our family, um, I will become more busy and more time has to be dedicated to the important things. Uh, mainly keeping a legacy that we've had in this family for three generations going. That, that's important to me. Um, and a few other things, right? Like, and, and I'll be honest, the Wagyu are usually on ball five or six, right? They never fall off the table, but sometimes they get pushed to the back. It's not something, they aren't something that usually needs immediate attention right now. Right. They don't demand that attention right now. Correct. And, and that's why they can, they can be back there. You know, and, and that's why I have a secretary and that's why I have the, the things set up I do uh, because I need to have the time to get my stuff figured out. And, and to be honest with you, uh, my favorite part is when, this, when my administrative assistant calls me and goes, hey, there's an email you may want to look at. Like, because then I get to stop the craziness that I'm doing and, and take a look at an email. And, and here's the deal. I usually have her draft it and send it back anyway. So, you know, yes, I looked at it. Yes, I reviewed it. Uh, I don't review what she sends back. Uh, she's been my administrative assistant now for 10 years. Um, I trust her enough that 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 if she sends it back, she, it's 90%, 95% correct. And if not, 
that's on me. I'm not going to say I don't take responsibility for it, but a lot of times I don't know for months <laughs> until somebody says something and then we figure it out. And, and it is what it is. That, that's the reality of my life. So we're going to go on to an interesting question that I was given today. So one of, one of the guys that, that we talk to from time to time, because um, he's on my list of people I answer the phone for, um, sent me an interesting problem. So he took in some beef to his local processor. And his local processor has him do a cut sheet. And on this cut sheet, they looks like they put all three animals on one cut sheet. Is that does that look correct to you, Lane? Because I, I sent Lane all the information, so he was aware. That looks correct to me. Oh, okay. A and then he looks like he filled out the cut sheet correctly. It looks like he filled it out correctly. It, it's a pretty basic form. Um, it's a lot more basic than even our form. Uh, it, it's just set up different, maybe. It's set up different, yeah. It's it's more eye appealing, I think, than our form. But our form's usable in what we do. Um, and it looks like he got uh, some interesting results from the butcher shop. And and I say interesting <laughs> uh, because on one animal, uh, let, let's just say animal seventy four, a four, and a five. Does that sound fair, Lane? Yeah. So we can keep them straight. Um, it looks like on his A4 animal, the other two animals, 74, which is the first animal it looks like in the rotation, and A5 the last, um, he's missing a tri-tip. Um, and then the weird thing is, to me, on 74, what, what happened to his chuck? <laughs> like, 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 you can tell they filled it out, and if you read the cut instructions on the chuck, it says, chuck roll, please cut chuck eyes plus Denver's, um, six ounces on his shoulder clod. He wanted his flat iron. Uh, he wanted his brisket halved, it looks like, into a roast. Um, and on the bottom, he has he wants his tri-tip and his hanger steaks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he, and he wanted his cross rib cut, which is on there, and his eye around cut. But the interesting thing, that's not what he received back. One one thing might be, too, and I was looking at this, is because the biggest thing they did wrong to begin with is not make a separate sheet for each for animal. Each animal. I, I would agree, and we, we require that. Um, and, and here's the weird thing with us uh, at the shop. Lane, um, if somebody orders quarters, how many cut sheets do you have in your on your one beef? Four. Four, right? So we try to match our cut sheets with the customers, the number of customers per beef. Yeah. We, we, may, we may cut a half a beef, but we have, if it's quarters, we have both sheets up for both people. Because like on, <laughs> on a half a beef, there's one brisket. Right. And we don't split them. We don't split them. Never. And there's one tri-tip, and there's one flank. So what we usually do is we talk to the people, and they can decide who gets the brisket, and who gets the tri-tip, who gets the flank. The person that gets the tr brisket, the other guy gets the tri-tip and the flank. Plus, they're usually going to get a 
roast an extra roast because the briskets are so big. Right. That kind of more equally uh, proportionately gives is, an equal parties on both sides. Then we we they have to be done the same. Yep. They're both going to get three pound roasts. One's not going to get a three, and the other's going to get a five. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Uh, they're not going to get T-bones. If the other guy wants New Yorks. We, do, we don't do it because it doesn't split really well T-bones. Oh, I never thought about that. So That's true. So we always do tenderloins in New Yorks. New Yorks. That's smart. Like, And I didn't even realize that. Um, if you think about it, if you had T-bones, they'd never, they'd never weigh out. One person would always end up with one or two more than the other person. Sirloin tip roast, we don't do them because it's... Oh, Lane's getting a call from the butcher shop right in the middle of the podcast. Yeah, but that's because you had me have my... Yeah. Should've, I should have airplane mode my phone. I'm sorry. But anyway, um, sirloin tip steaks. We stake them. We don't roast them. And, and that's because, another... Because it's just easier to split smaller packages of steaks versus trying to weigh everything out evenly. Um, top, well, top sirloin steaks. We stake them. Well, and, and that's pretty, pretty genius for the fact that you can now get down to a closer per weight bundle in a quarter, right? Like, like that's, that's pretty smart. That's something that took years of thinking, understanding, and being in the business to really understand because most people don't do that. Now, when they want halves, it isn't... It's way easier. It's way easier because then they can have whatever they want and we can do everything we can in a half. But if you're doing quarters, in the old day, when you talk quarter... What do you want, the front quarter or the hind quarter? Right, and, and that's, I, to be honest with you, a lot of butchers in our area, that they still do that. They don't, they don't split it out, whole animal quarter. It is, what would you like, the front or the back? And you better hope you have a kosher friend. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, in, in joking reality, though, because, um, you know, think about, think about it. If you got the chuck versus the round, you're going to get less meat. No, actually... You can get more meat because there's more, f but but it's going to be higher fat content meat. Yeah, f higher fat con content meat, but it's also going to be. I mean, you get your good things on the front, right? You get your yep. brisket, you get your ribeyes, you get um, boneless chuck roll if you want. If you're an old timer guy like me, you're going to get those nice marbly bone-in chuck rolls. Yeah, and I like those. And, those and, are one of my favorite the, things. And then the chuck steaks, nice big chuck steak out on the grill. Yeah. That, I mean, that it is, it's a good thing to have. And it costs you probably 20% less than <laughs> if you have to buy the hindquarter, right, right? Right, because there's the tenderloin, the New Yorks, which are your two most expensive cuts. And then, but then you have the most. And your sirloins. Yeah, but you, then you have your least tender cuts. Yep. Your rump roast, your eye of round, your bottom round roast. And you can do you can do them a lot of different ways. You can do London broil, you can carne asada, you can do cube steaks. Fajita meat. Stew meat. I mean, rump roast, uh, you can do them a lot of different ways. But bottom line, it's less tender meat, right? And, and that's the reality, though, uh, with what we do, is we want to make sure that you, if you order a quarter 
that you get a true quarter, right? Like Lane's going to give you some, some of everything in that box. Um, and, but not a lot of places do that. I, I don't know where you're where everybody else, else is, but around us, it's not done that way very often. Um, one of the other things about this cut sheet lane that I thought was kind of weird to me, like just reading through it. Uh, and again, right, like I am not a day-to-day operations guy at a butcher shop. I am the behind the scenes, make sure the money's working in there. And he has everything he needs when it comes to ordering and things like that. When I was reading this cut sheet, um, I had a question on it and I guess I should have asked him before this, but, um, what is a cross cut short rib plate? It, it, are they not making dino ribs or are they cutting short ribs out of it? They're cutting short ribs out of it. Yep. Okay. I was wondering that. And then on here, they also have Korean style, which was, I was going to ask you what that was. They had what? So if you look at, uh, under the short rib on the short rib plate, on their cut sheet, it says Korean cut. On their cut sheet? Yeah, on their cut sheet. What is a Korean cut short rib lane? On the peoples that they were sending, the first one or the handwritten one? The handwritten one. And and I, I should have asked Lane earlier before we got on the air, but I was wondering what that is. Whether that's like, I don't know. It, it's under short rib plate. Right next to crosscut, which is what was chosen for this individual. But the next one was Korean, the Korean Short cut. Whole plate. That would be our dino ribs. Yeah, whole plate is dino ribs. And crosscut, that would be what we usually... And the Korean cut, they have two inches. They're, they're smaller, just cutting it... More. Strips. Strips. I would say that would be more like the flinkin'. Uh, okay, that makes sense, right? And I'm guessing, but what I this must be a regional thing, right? Right, right. like demographic based. And then another thing on one where he said that they want, um, oh, let's go down to the. That spreadsheet, he's got Denver steaks up at the top, and he's got ranch steaks on the bottom. And as far as I know, depending on the locality, they're one in the same. (laughs) <laughs> so they're double he's double dipping on them right that's interesting i guess i never thought about that um, um but it looks like for the most part his chuck strip which would be a basically the chuck eye or the chuck roll right yeah. he's calling it different because he's cutting into steaks so he's calling it a strip yeah. right the chuck eye it's interesting that they've got a flat iron because that's the one side of the scapula but he doesn't have a chuck eye so so they, so they ground it, right? Like like yeah. that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Yeah, on number 1 on HO74, they ground the whole chuck. So so let's stop right there Lane. What what would cause a butcher shop like like we've had mishaps. Every butcher shop has them. So Lane, go through and let me know what are some of the mishaps that could have caused that chuck to be ground but not in all the other ones. 
Number one, most of the time, if you have multiple animals, they may not be being cut at the same time. Like, um, in order, right? Right. Um, depending on when they got killed, in the order they got killed and things, and they go into the cooler, the cooler, and they're on the same day that they were killed. Well, all of those animals have to be processed around the same time, same few days, right? So, so, and, and so what you're telling me is, is they may not have gone into the cooler in order. They could have had somebody else's in between, in between them. them. And that's how they're going to probably pull them out and process them. However, they put them in the cooler. Correct. That's, that's one way. And, and remember guys, if you have a reputable place, they're putting hot tags on them. So they have your name, like they know whose animal it is and they know what ear tag it is. It just may not go in, in the same order that you brought them to them. Yeah. And and that that happens frequently. Or, or the guys move them around because they're getting something else out and it gets out of order. That that, that happens. All, I mean, yeah, all I, the time. Daily, it, daily occurrence. Daily occurrence. Number two. Um, so so hold on, Lane. You didn't finish that, that last question, though. So if they're not cut in order, um, are you... Are you saying that maybe somebody else's cut sheet got left up? Somebody's... Yeah, his cut sheet could have been left up. They may have started somebody's cut sheet and they moved the other beef in and for some reason they didn't have a clean cutoff. Oh, so they rammed them together not realizing it. The, the crew. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And by the... And, uh, and so... They're still looking at a cut sheet that says, grind the chuck. Oh, and yours isn't grind the chuck, but they're still, they're working off that and old cut sheet. And they're still working on grind the chuck. Okay. That okay. that makes sense, right? Like, like, it's a bad error, but it makes sense the thought process of how it happened. And, and, and it's a mistake of not paying attention and uh, they probably don't have a oh what do you call it uh, we have multiple contingencies to help us keep well, from it, doing these kind yeah, of things and, and, and we've set up SOPs because of it right like like we've had some problems here and we, there yeah we've experienced <laughs> we've experienced them um, but it's but Rest assured, I don't think any of it is malicious. Right, right. Like it, it, right. it was probably a mistake of... Uh, see, and I wouldn't even say a mistake of laziness because this isn't laziness. This is just sometimes complacency <laughs> catches you by the foot. Yeah. Right? Thank goodness it's not a, a finger in the saw or a knife in the leg, right? It was a ground chuck. Yeah. And... And right, wrong, or indifference. It happened. And I tell my guys, they can't be afraid of making mistakes. Well, and, and, and in our and, shop, we would rather them tell us. Yeah, and then we can, on the front end, we take care of the problem rather than it sneaking around the back end and catch us. But like I tell them, when they're learning and they're learning how to do things, I tell them, They'll come back and they 
come back and they'll, I made a mistake. What am I going to do? I said, the worst it can be is ground beef. Right. And, and the problem, though, with saying that, Lane, there's only one caveat to that, is when it's a pre-sold animal <laughs> and you grind the whole chuck. Yeah. Right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. But, but the, here's the thing, Lane. So say this was us, right? Yeah. Let's play some devil's advocate here. Okay. What would you so uh, if this was us, what do you think my take on this when you called and told me that this had happened to one of our, our clients? What do you think I'd have told you? Make it right. Make it right. Uh, we know it's going to cost us some money. Uh, a lot of times it costs us pretty much all of our processing fee. Yeah, sometimes more. Sometimes more. Sometimes yeah. uh, Lane's gone as far as replacing stuff uh, if our guys really screwed it up. But... That's what you do. And that's how that's how we've established what we do, right? We, we just fix the problem. I mean, we've been on the same page of that since day one. Right. And, and the hardest part I think a lot of people aren't, like, won't understand is that 90%, I would say 90% of stuff getting messed up in their butcher shop cutting order isn't done maliciously. No. It's like that in life, right? 90% of the shit that happens to you isn't, Usually done maliciously. Somebody had a mistake or had an accident and you now get to deal with something that's unfun. Uh, but most of it's not done maliciously. Remember that time when that dumb guy completely ruined your dry tip? Oh, yeah. Lane cut one right, right in half. <laughs> right in half. Like, it was bad. Like, you couldn't have even called it a dry tip no more. We, it became hamburger. <laughs> Good hell. But, but it happens, right? Yeah. But but here's the thing that I'll tell you right now. Um, if you dealt with us, we call you. We would probably be on the front half of this uh, if it was an accident and our guys said something. But if they try to hide it, then we get to deal with it behind it. And and I'll tell you a secret right now. I want you to think about this. How many <clears throat> times, if you have kids, did they break something and not say anything till you found it? Th that's what employees do. All the time. All the time. And and I don't think they do it. I think they do it because they're scared they're going to get fired, whether they are or not. They just don't want to be the person that, that broke stuff. Yeah. Like I got to replace a $200 tire the other day that I haven't told you about yet. Yeah, it happens, right? It happens. But but that's what I'm saying, yeah. right? They, they just don't. Instead of instead of sometimes just being like, okay, we we need to talk about this, they they push it off, and and it's right, wrong, indifferent. Who cares? It happens. So you know, one of the things I'm gonna call in, uh, I'll I'll get a hold of of this person, um, and and let them know that I don't know how you fix it once it's ground. Well, what you do is, well, what we do, I I tell them. We've got some. I've got some beef available, and and I will replace that. And the benefit we have, though, Lane, is we have high quality grain fed animals pretty much all the time with access. Yeah, but uh, then I go to some place like Falls Brand and buy a chuck. Yeah, yeah, right? and and Falls Brand for you guys out west or out east, uh, they're a big uh, packing slash restaurant sell 
sell place. Like you have to have a business account. They don't sell to people. Uh, and, and you go out and you have to buy your, you know, a nice chuck or a, or a choice or a prime to whatever match the animal that was. Yeah. So I do the chuck. I give them the whole thing. They keep all the burger they had before and they get a really sweet deal. They do. And they're, they're mostly happy, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so what other options do we have laying on that one that could have gone wrong? <clears throat> the chuck. Um, hangover Monday. Hangover Monday. Sometimes that's a bad day. <laughs> but it's the truth, right? Right. Or, or a new person. A new person doing the break on the chuck. Yeah, it can happen, but we don't get new people do it on our break very often. We don't no. tell we... It would be like them having helping Aaron learn how to break, and then he... Yeah, was by himself. Yeah. Yeah. They, they go to lunch. Huh? Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's what I'm saying, yeah. though. Yeah. Uh, it may not be that you assigned the person to break the animal, but maybe the crew did so that they could run to lunch. But what's interesting on this one, Steve... That I just don't get at all. Is on HO seventy four, A four and A five, there's no chuck roll, there's no chuck guy, there's no eye of round. And the hanger, you just put them to ground beef anyway. Well, and, and, and here's why, though. Uh, in our cooler, we have a very high volume of air cooler. Yeah. And our hanger steaks, they're, they're usually dried out so bad you wouldn't want to eat them anyway. Exactly. We trim them out, get the good out of them, put them in the ground beef. But but it's um, that's the thing I don't understand is on all of them, on those four items, we'll We'll say three. We'll take the hanger off. Um, but they did that with one tri-tip on A4, too. What's that? They did that with the, both the tri-tips on A4. Right? Look at that. If you go to IA4, so they, they didn't give him a tri-tip on A4. No, they, they did lane on the one tri-tip. They just it, messed it, it up. It, it, got, it got cut in half, right? <laughs> it got fouled up. So it, it got went fouled to, up. It went to grind. <laughs> So what we would do on that tri-tip, we would say, you know what? How would you like equal weight of Wagyu top sirloin steak to replace it? Yeah, that's that's usually the best way to handle that one. Yeah, yes, because we have we have the product and things, and it doesn't. And they go Wagyu. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, most yeah. people. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. We'll do that. And, and it's because most people come in and see our pricing structure on Wagyu anyway, and they're like, wow, I wish we could afford it. And now they're getting it for free. They're happy. So, yeah. So there's there's several reasons that it can happen. But most of it, I would say, and but I don't understand why the same things are gone on, on, all, of on all of them. So, so the one thing that I, they didn't. Somehow yeah. they didn't pay attention somewhere, somehow, or they misunderstood their own cut sheet. Which is a training issue, right? Yeah. But uh, but so as I look down at their cut sheet... It's very plain and simple. Round, sliced, sirloin tip, eye of round, 
They want two to three. They want one to burrow. They want bottom round. Yeah, so, and then the chuck, the chuck roll. They want chuck ice steaks and Denver steaks. I don't know. And, and here's the thing that I thought was interesting demographically from that cut sheet to ours. I had to ask him what sliced was, like like what the term sliced. I thought it was more like a carne asada. I was wrong. Oh, what was it? Um, so when they saw on that cut sheet, uh, he was telling me that they do it like Philly cheesesteak thin. They'll, they'll put it slice or slice it fairly thin so people can do Philly cheesesteak style meats with it. Even thinner than carne asada. Yeah. By the way he explained it to me, it's almost half of what we do. For carne asada, more like uh, uh, shabu shabu. Okay. When we went down and had shabu shabu last time. Okay, that's Th- that that's thin. That's yeah. way thin. And then they can use it for um, Philly cheesesteaks, because okay. th- 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 this came from an East Coast guy, right? Yeah. So it makes sense. So do you know the only other thing I can think that may happened? The only other one, Lane. What's that? Um, that he may have a couple boxes left at the butcher shop that, that people <laughs> didn't put in the. <laughs> In, in the truck that, that would be my only other assumption and it would make sense right because it's the same yeah. stuff all the way across yeah evidently they don't have a, a fix your own mistake program in there so, so that's what we had to, we've had that happen a few times right uh we have one person dedicated to to our freezer and to help people get out and he he's made some mistakes everybody makes mistakes right but the way Lane finally fixed it so he doesn't want to make mistakes any longer is that he gets to correct his own mistakes by driving the boxes to the customers. On, on his time. On his day off. We don't pay him for it either. Like, like it's just one of those deals that, that he, we've trained him and trained him and trained him, and it took us doing that uh, to get him to, I think... Realize. Be, yeah, be more careful, right? Yeah. Uh, I feel like sometimes Lane is the high school or the kindergarten uh, duty officer out on the playground sometimes with our with our staff. He's got to blow the whistle and have them all stop and reset and fix and correct behavior. Uh, but but he does it in such a kind way. If I did it because of the way I, I do things, uh, we wouldn't have employees there. I, I, I can tell you that right now. So, uh, ne- what's your next question, Lane? What is the operating capacity? Okay, so we've been getting this a lot. So, this question stated, um, and, and we had to kind of blend this question because people asked it in weird ways. So, somebody asked one day, or uh, we've had about 20 people uh, ask the question, what is the, uh, the difference in operating capacity between a feedlot and a butcher shop? And this is the hardest thing that if you're going to open a, a feedlot to butcher shop that you're going to have to figure out. Um, it's taken me, whew, my granddad for years, so probably eight to ten years to figure this out. And I'm still not good at it. Like, we still struggle with it every day. We don't have it figured out, Steve. Let's be honest. But I don't think we ever will, right? Like, like, the true answer is you never will figure it out because here's how it works. You have... Uh, the capacity that you have uh, within your butcher shop. And and let's just say, uh, uh, let's make easy numbers, right, Lane? Yeah. Easy math, easy math. So let's say your operating capacity for your butcher shop is 20 animals a week. Okay. 
uh, four animals a day, five days a week, uh, because you're going to let your people have the weekends off. Uh, we choose to do Sunday, Monday, um, just because people need to be able to come pick up their meat on Saturday. So, uh, let's just say five days a week of cutting and, and 20 animal capacity. That's normal for a, they call medium capacity, small to medium capacity, um, facility. The problem you have is, and this is the hardest thing to figure out, so you're going to have so many animals hanging, you're going to have so many animals that get processed, but the size of the animal is going to dictate the amount of time that it's processed. If Blaine has to do a 1,200-pound hanging weight cow versus or steer versus a 800-pound hanging weight steer, there's probably an hour's difference of work in that animal. Am I wrong? No. So I'm good. I, I like spreadsheets. So I, we built this all out into spreadsheets. I did. And I figured it out one day that if a butcher shop was going to do a dollar for dollar payout cutout is what I like to call it. Um, anything over a thousand pounds would have another 20 cents added to it per pound of cutting so that you could pay your crew. So when you bring an 1100 pound hanging weight animal, you're actually costing that butcher shop about $24 uh, after, you know, in, in cost that they will lose in bags and another 50 to to $100 in labor. And and that's that's minimum. That's, that's if everything goes right and you don't have any weird stuff and your crew doesn't break anything because those bigger cattle are hard to handle. Yeah, but we love the 250-pound carcass. Oh, yeah, that's a great carcass, right? Yeah, because then we're making, then we're, more than making up for the $1,100 carcass. And, and you know, the thing we've noticed around us, and I think that people are going to start seeing it nationwide, is that they do charge you more for those bigger animals. Um, I've, got a, I've got a friend um, that took over some cows to Boise, and his 1,100-plus pound hanging weight wagyu over there, uh, they charged him like a dollar and some change versus the normal, the normal amount. Um, I think that you're going to start seeing butcher shops charge more for the bigger carcasses. I, I think that that's going to be a new wave of the future, whether people like it or not. Um, so let's go back to the capacity between them. Right. How, how so, are we playing that? So the problem with most people is you don't have a dedicated butcher shop. That's most people's big issue. So you're going to have to work on figuring out how many animals that you can feed and get into the butcher shop effectively. So that doesn't, you know, so you're not dropping 20 off at a time because most butcher shops aren't going to take 20 because they've already got clients. They've got clients that have slots. The reality is you're going to have to do two or three at a time. So you need to stage your animals in your feedlot and and stage them well enough that you have them at all different growing growing aspects, right? You'll have so many in their growth, so many you know, mid-growth, late-growth, so many centralized in their in their finish process. And, and you just have to develop the animals and, and watch them. And sometimes you have an animal that you think will be another, you know, should be in this group in April, and he may be done in February. And, and he may hit capacity where he isn't going to grow anymore and he's just going to get fat and layer, layer cover. And, and you have to have, you know, the fluency and the management – to move them into the next, you know, to that next group or flip them around. Yeah, and the other thing is, um, and most butchers, if you don't have your own 
your own shop, good luck with being able to get that. Uh, right, right. You better have days booked. So, so here's the advantage, disadvantage that we run into. Um, we are so busy anymore because everybody's in our area seems to like to come to us because of the quality of work that Lane's putting out. Uh, it's getting to the point that, that the days of me just saying I'm ready to kill two today and we do it, I think are about over. Um, which is hard. Uh, it's hard. Lane's going to work them in when he can. It's going to, it might not be today, but it might be in two weeks, right? Or a week or, yeah. or whatever. We just can't come and say, Tell me on Monday, you're going to do a Google Wednesday. And we used to do that. Yeah. We used to do it all the time. Well, there's two ready. I'd come to town or I'd come in and I have some time to go look at the pen and I match the days on feed with the amount of animal that's there. And we look at them and we're like, hey, well, they're not going to get any better. Let's kill them on, on, on Wednesday. And this is Monday. Uh, we, we can't do that anymore. Yeah. And so I say, Steve, we can't. But but here's the but benefit. I'll, I'll get, yeah. We'll get with fit in as quick as we can. And, and here's the benefit I have. Uh if I can't go look at them, I can send Lane and we can plan, uh, where the animals need to be. And sometimes, you know, we had a, I had a bull that had a problem. Uh, we just put him in the holding pen for two weeks. They got, they got to him on one of the days they had somebody not show up or had some extra time and, and the crew was able to pro, you know, get him killed and, and brought in. Um, but, but the, here's the, here's the kicker guys. Your, your processing facility can only do, so many animals a week. Let's just say that 20 number again, right? Um, and and they know that. Um, most of them don't have the space or the capacity to add on to their to their building or to their cutting room or things like that to build more more space. And and what processors in our area are running into, they can't get help. And we've been very fortunate. We've been very fortunate to have the help that we have. And most of our help, um, our, our oldest two have been there since the, the day we opened. Um, the other two, the other one came in a year and a half in, and then our two new ones seem to be our rotating positions um, that we've had in and out. You know, we're getting ready to lose one of our people at some point in time because they've moved and want to live, you know, work closer to where they live. So we know that they're on their way out and we're already looking. Yeah, we're working on finding a replacement. And we it's like we told them that they can leave when they're ready and they find a job and move on. They have a position until their 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 positions, you know, secured somewhere else. But we have to keep our eye out for that next person. And and our the shops in our area, the problem they're having is they can't get people to come want to work in the industry. Yeah. And I think that's nationwide. I don't think that's just us. No. We we considered our we consider ourselves blessed. Right, right, because we have good people that mostly care about what they're doing. Do they make mistakes? Yeah, everybody does. So the other problem you're going to run into is your butcher only has so many hangers, so many shackles on the wall, so many hooks and rollers. So you're only going to they can only take so many animals in hanging status. Um, we've had it where our other our butchers in the local area have to come borrow stuff from us like hooks and rollers so that they ha they can make some more capacity because they've overcapacitated their kill room. And we're faced with a really concrete scenario, restriction. Right. We can get 
40 carcasses in our cooler. That's it. 40 halves. Yep. So that, that's, that's our cooler is set up not to do, you know, we have four rails in it and, and that's what we have. Uh, so we schedule very tightly and Lane calls them a week out and make sure everybody's going to be there. And if somebody's not going to be there, he usually tries to fill it in so that our guys always have the same amount of work every week. And it's hard. I, I, I watch Lane do it and I, I shake my head sometimes because I wouldn't want to be the guy having to deal with the scheduling of that. Like I complain when they don't get their time cards filled out, but Lane has to deal with that nuance. But they complain when they think they're getting too many hours too. So Right? Like that's the weirdest thing too. But it, it is what it is. Um, the, the other thing uh, you really have to watch is, you know, what, what are you going to do when these animals are processed? Um, that's the next question. Do you have them pre-sold? Are you going to sell them at farmer's markets? Are you going to piece them out? What's your selling capacity? Because the butcher shops aren't going to want you to leave those in their freezer. Most of them can't. Most of them don't have the space. The, the freezer is the smallest part of every butcher shop I've ever been in. We can maybe fit 12 to 15 animals in our Oh, I bet you can get a few freezer. more. If we stacked them creatively in boxes, maybe. Great creatively uh, and be able to work it well hey you didn't say work it i just said (laughs) fill fill yeah yeah okay if we filled that bad boy top to bottom on front to back we could get a whole bunch in there but nobody be getting their stuff so and and that's the other thing a lot of people don't realize is is you look at a freezer in a butcher shop you're like oh there's all this room they haven't put stuff well yeah that's where the guy who goes in there and has he has to work he has to take stuff out of the trays put it in boxes label the boxes number the boxes but uh that's the other part of the logistics that people don't understand is it's as harder, harder to get people to come and pick up after it's done. Right. That's bad. Dude. That, that, that freezer, I mean, is, it's like our vault. It is. And we are not a long term lending institution. <laughs> institution. And, and I, t- and Lane, every once in a while, for some odd reason, we we haven't had it in a year or so, but there was a point in time where people just weren't picking their stuff up. It was weird. And Lane had to institute the, uh, if you're not here in so many days after your invoice, we're going to start charging you storage. That that solves that problem real quick. Yeah, never had to charge a single person's storage. <laughs> no, you just got to threaten it, right? But that's, that's the, the thing everybody doesn't realize is these butcher shops are... Most of them are working six days a week that, that I'm around right now. Like we don't, once we're out of our, our busy season, that uh, we've got some contracts that we have to maintain for uh, processing some elk. And because of that, um, we work six days a week during the 16 weeks of elk season, which ended today for lane so that leads you into your next yep. question yep so my next the next the next question is is how do you think elk season went this year best elk season ever logistically we were far superior to years in the past um one of the things that helped us a lot is covid really screwed things up shipping wise oh man it was terrible like it we couldn't get people to show up we couldn't get dry ice packed we couldn't get it ordered you couldn't get uh, coolers. Couldn't get depend on FedEx to get it there in two days, like or show day. or show up. Period. And so it was really bad. This year we haven't had absolutely no issue with that. Hundred percent. Yeah, 
In two days. In two days. Or less. Yeah, and we ship 20 coolers a week. You know, and 150 pound coolers yep. a week. So, so just to, into perspective, um, 16 weeks, about 500 animals will roll through the shop. Um, they are not clean. Uh, they're a little beat up because they they're from a high fenced elk ranch. The elk are USDA inspected when they come in, um, and then they pro they shoot them and we process them. And we have to. I will tell you right now, if you ever want to see a group of guys who can handle meat that has been beat up in a terrible way and provide a beautiful package it's lane and his crew because that's what they get to deal with for 16 weeks and they do a great job and and, and they're tired right now because some of these guys have been getting 100 hours every two weeks today last day of elk season right right and we had two of our guys they said we want to get it done they came in this morning at four and, and and this is our day, what what his day consisted of. How many elk and how many buffalo? Two 800-plus pound buffalo and six elk. And that was their daily work today. Today. And we were done at 2 o'clock. And, you know, and then we have a couple of folks that stay late and clean. And then guess what? They are done with elk season. Thank goodness. And they are so happy. <laughs> and, and, here, and, then, and then that... Uh, our our bull that we had uh, right put down and stuff and grind. I gave him their Christmas bonuses today. It's perfect, and and we always make sure that our guys have food and any anything they need to make their life uh, more easy in this interesting time of inflation, right? And one of the big things that we've been huge about from day one is our crew doesn't eat wild game. Our crew gets to eat good quality product. And we have always made sure that there's a beef processed every year and we break it amongst the crew. And we don't have a big crew. We have a crew of five. Uh, we can't count Lane. So technically four um, because Lane eats Wagyu at my house. So <laughs> yeah, I have Wagyu in my freezer and yeah. Steve's house. So we, it, it works right. But, yeah. but the, but the crew get, needs to have good quality product. They work with it so much and they don't, they don't do anything weird. They don't steal from us. They do the things that they need to do. And and we reward them for that. And they were really happy. And what did it end up being? Like, what did you end up sending per person, do you know? About 140 pounds of Nice. Beef and, and, and we find that the ground beef is ideal for them because most of them don't cook well. And most of them are quick. They want something quick and easy. And ground beef can go in anything. And, and they seem to really And tiny don't have any teeth. And, and we do have a guy who ain't got no teeth, right? Like that's, that's the reality of it. And it, for him, it's perfect. Yeah. And for everyone else there, it's perfect. Because now they don't have to worry about going into the Christmas season, that extra stress of what am I going to eat. And we pay our people well. Like we, we probably pay better than almost everybody around us. In, that, our, in our industry. Yeah, yeah, that I know of. Um, and, and the people have been so good to us that that's just the, some of the small things that we can do to help them out. And I think that's part of the reason we aren't looking for help very often. Right. Right. And I think that they, they realize how important it is to, to do a good job most of the time. So the last thing we're going to cover today, um, is, uh, Lane, what has been the hardest thing, um, since last year 
that we've had with the butcher shop. Every year, we, we usually have some interesting things come up. Well, that's a surprise question. It is. I'm going to make him think about it. Um, but but each year, there's been a challenge every year, it seems like. Our first year, we had half our crew quit because they just weren't, they just weren't fit to be at the butcher shop. They decided that they'd rather go home and hang out than come to work every day. Uh, year two, we had um, an employee that was just, it's really caustic. Um, really, really kind of hurt our morale for a year and a half. And and we didn't realize it for a while. And then once she was gone, things really have been a lot better now. Um, but Lane, it, it take a year from, from, from last elk season to this elk season, we have one new employee in that time period. Um, two, I guess, or, or two that are rotational, right? But what has been the hardest thing that's gone on from a year to a year ago today till today that we've had to deal with? Right now we're working with a group of people who like each other and they're friends and sometimes the tomfoolery oh man gets but, way out of hand see and 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 that's that's a good and a bad thing right it's a good and a bad thing uh i thought lane was gonna say when somebody dropped a whole pig on his saw and broke it but <laughs> uh, we have a maintenance guy that he just shakes his head sometimes so what's the what's something you're looking forward to next year in this process uh, since we're always evolving right this year's the elk was amazing it used to take us to do the same amount of product running processing last year would be 12 to 14 hours a day we were doing it in eight hours and less a day right so we got a really streamlined production that worked for everybody. Everybody understood their job. But elk's easy, right? Elk's I mean, easy. Elk's easy. What I would hope that we could transfer some of those practices in the efficiency over to our beef. Because if we could pick up a half of a half a beef a day extra or a full beef a day extra. I mean, that's five extra capacity on a five-day week, which is a twenty percent increase in in bottom line, right? Right, and and this is something that that I I look at all of my businesses once a year, and I because I'm the guy in charge, I grade myself on how we did based on the percentage of increase from the year before, and I like to see somewhere between fifteen and twenty percent. And some years, um, due to COVID, I didn't hit that goal on some of the, some of the businesses that I run. And we're getting to a point right now is we're going to have to capture that type of growth through operating more efficiently through right. efficiencies. Right. And, and, and that's really when businesses, for anybody who knows, it, that's where you're, you really, where the rubber hits the road. 
You know, your first couple years, three, four, five years, you get to build uh, organic growth. And organic growth comes and it's fast and it's fun. And then when organic growth goes away, then you have to start looking at efficiencies to make your growth. And, and the downside I have with some other businesses I run, they've been run for so long that I don't get any organic growth. Um, the only way I do better or make more money or keep those businesses fully functioning is based solely on what can we do better in the process to make efficiencies better. And that's something we're going to have to look at this year. We're going to have to go and visit some plants, talk to some people, see how people do some things different. Um, you got to remember, most of my experience in the meat industry happened over 30 years ago. And I've come back. The last 30 years, I was a drafter designer. Yeah. For a major uh, web distributor distribution company in the United States. That's what I did for the last 30 years. Till we reopened up the, the butcher shop. But I had a very good skill set with the training I had before. Um, and we've been able to put that to good use. But we've got to learn how to do some things more efficient. And the only way we're going to have to be able to do that is maybe go and make some visits, Steve, and see how some other people some other people are doing things. Add more stuff to the list to do. I know, I know. But we'll be away from we'll be away from work. Uh, It'll be uh, kind of fun stuff. But the, the, there's another thing that that I think is going to be big. Um, we're upgrading some some tools in the shop this year. We are. Um, that'll, that'll help Lane out a lot. We're going to a lot bigger, uh, saw plus, uh, I don't know what they call it a wet saw mm -hmm. so that he can cut steaks more uniformly so that we are getting, you know, right now they cut them by hand and I think they do a fairly good job. Uh, but this will take all of the guesswork right out of it. Right. And, and I, Lane was showing me the blades in that. It's really cool. It's a scalloped blade and it looks like it's super sharp and will, will cut you really bad if you mess around with it. So, yeah, so to begin with, it will mess with our efficiency. Right. But Just in, because of the training yep. issues and getting used to it, making sure everybody's doing the safe, but it, it hopefully it gets us to better efficiencies. Right? And, and it should, right? Like, should. like new tools yeah. always are, are, are good. Yeah. So, well, I think that we're going to call that a wrap, and we're going to see you guys in a couple weeks. We're taking vacation this week and are going to go do some fishing at the end of the week for a week. And then maybe next week we'll get back to doing podcasts. We'll see. Maybe we'll talk about filleting fish properly. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, maybe we'll do a podcast with the with guy Chris. we go. Yeah, with Chris. He might have fun. He won't say anything. I'm pretty sure he's he's one of those guys. Um, but uh, we're heading up north. Nothing like being about eight hours away from, you know, where you where you uh, where you live to go with no cell phone reception. With no cell phone reception. So that is a home run. And we will see you next time uh, here at What's New in Wagyu.